if you go nuke a $50 brisket, it hurts a lot more than a $7 rack of spare ribs. Howdy, everybody, and welcome to episode 211 of the SupersetYourLife.com podcast, your weekly workout motivation to fuel your life inside and beyond the gym. Daniel Schroyer is a close friend from Houston, Texas, an online hypertrophy client of ours, an avid rock and ice climber, and a competitive barbecuer. Yeah, and I totally spell checked that, by the way, before recording this, and Barbecuer is a noun that means one that barbecues. So here we go. That is Daniel. He is also a brother in Christ. During our time coaching together, I've learned a great deal about cooking and about God's word. And today we're going to talk about both. So we will wrap up with the results of his three-month plan that he's just finishing up. Other than that, Daniel, welcome to the SupersetYourLife.com podcast. Thank you, coach. Glad to be here. Absolutely. Shall we pray, sir? Yes, please. All right. So yesterday's Coach's Bible's devotional taught on Romans 1, 11 through 12, which I think is appropriate for today. For I want very much to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you, that is to be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. Dear Father, thank you for the fellowship, the encouragement, and all that I've learned from Daniel Schroyer. Be present with the two of us as we unpack what I have learned from him, that our listeners would hear something that inspires them to make the right decisions today in terms of what they should eat and who they should surround themselves with. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, amen. Amen. Daniel, apparently you had a pretty epic chest workout this morning as per our polo conversation. Could you elaborate on that a little bit more, sir? Yeah, it, it was uh, it was good. Um, took all the sets to failure, but you know it it didn't start uh, the way that I thought it would. So you know, we were talking before we hit record here that I was out a little later than I expected to be last night, and so I rolled into the gym uh, a bit later as well. And it's not a big gym, and that place was absolutely stacked and so i show up all the equipment's taken and i just started to feel myself get a little frustrated and um but then i was thinking uh, yeah. about this podcast about the about the verse for today um and you know here we've got paul who's longing uh, to see the church at rome uh and and give them a spiritual gift and and you know that word uh cult gift just jumped out at me um, in the Greek, that's uh, that's charisma, and Paul will go on later to oh, no use that. Yeah, in in Romans, he'll go on later to use that you know, charisma um, to refer to the free gift of grace. You know, and so I'm thinking about all this, and I just thought, you know, my life, this moment, all of creation is a gift from the God who is in his very being a gift and being called to communion with that God and called to pour myself out as gift. You know, getting frustrated that the Smith machines are all taken is not really conducive to that. So <laughs> I, I usually listen to, to, to podcasts when I work out. Um, you know, supersetyourlife.com is a mainstay. I've and, heard of that uh, one. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so, but I turned them off and I just put on some, some Christian Christmas music and just tried to be present and get a good mind muscle connection and work around all my uh, fellow uh, gym goers and, uh, and just enjoyed it. And so, you know, I was really trying to focus on, um, it was back and chest day and, and I was really trying to feel the muscle groups that I was targeting. And so I think that that connection and that extra focus uh, really helped me to um, know when I was at failure and when I was just close to failure. And so I intuitively did a couple drop sets and just uh, yeah, crushed my, my chest today. Um, the back was was good as well but I, I found it a little more difficult to get that mind muscle connection with with the back exercises um so the chest was definitely sore immediately and a couple hours later 
I felt it in, in the back, but, uh, but during it rolling out of the gym, um, I thought like, mm, did I really target that as much as I could have? So. For sure. I'm looking at your back and chest workout right now. And so it's back and chest, uh, in, 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 in that, in that order, right? So we hit all of your back and, mm -hmm. then, we, and then we save the chest for the end. You're doing, yep. uh, how long has it been taking you to do this workout? About 30, 45 minutes, right? Uh, it takes me a little longer, like 45 to an hour. Um, today was two hours <laughs> from having to uh, wait on equipment and um, just kind of taking my time, but, but usually 45 to an hour. Okay. So you, so, so you're doing, um, you, you got, you got about a 10 minute warm up, and then at the end of the warm up, you're doing some, some, some unilateral high cable rows. Um, that's for your lower lats and that's, uh, it's a, it's a warmup exercise, but really you do go to failure at the end of it. And so if you want to count that as a failure set, um, so then your actual straight set, start with weighted pull-ups. Okay. So you do that and then heavy barbell rows and then heavy seated bent over laterals. So we're going lower back, mid back, and then finishing actually with, with the, with the upper back. Um, and then you got dumbbell decline presses and landmine chest presses. So you're only doing two chest exercises. And a couple warm-up sets, but really only one failure set on both of those. And so that was enough to get you sore, huh? Yeah. Good. Yeah. And um well, that's how you do it, man. I, I know. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I I did also uh you know, just because threw in a, a chest fly there as well, um, at the end. So uh, I did I did that chest exercise. So it was three uh three of the chest exercises today. But okay. yep. good stuff. Um so on your, let's see, I'm trying, I'm trying to think what I, what I would do differently. Um, because, because, because my lats are, are, are shot from the workout that I did yesterday. Um, and my back workout was actually very, very similar. So mine started with, uh, preacher curls just to burn out the biceps. And so one set to failure there worked in some bent over laterals and then uh, single arm, straight arm pull downs. And that's more like your, uh, warm up exercise too. After that, hammer strength, unilateral pull downs. And I think that's the one that really torched them. So I just went all out on it, man. Um, I, would, I, would, I would say those first couple exercises, weighted pull-ups are great, but it's it's not going to – it's a it's a great exercise to have in your plan. Um, but, I mean, you're, you've done CrossFit. You've done a lot of body weight training before. Now, after, now that you've been doing this plan for – um, I think, I think you're, you're just, you're just finishing it up and you're on your last couple of weeks of it. So try this next time. Try, try, try doing a, uh, unilateral pull down. Okay. Um, okay. And, I, and I, and I, and I want you to go into failure. So, so, so the way that, so the way, I, the way that I did these yesterday was, um, like, like you, I'm, I'm focusing primarily on lat width more than, uh, more, more than thickness. So, um, I actually kneeled down. And then had my hand all the way, all the way up like this. You guys have one of those machines in your gym, right? Uh, uh, an isolateral pull down that's plate loaded. Every gym. We do. Works. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and, and, and is it a supinated grip or a pronated grip? Ooh, good question. Um, if you're creative I'm enough, not sure. If you're creative enough and you have enough cable attachments around the gym, you can make it whatever you want it to be. <laughs> um, so yeah, like if if the wrist position isn't what you want, like you can you can you can grab a cable attachment actually and just like hoop it around like where the handle is, and then you can oh, okay. really wanted to. But yeah, so so um, a supinated grip is what's going to target the lower lats the best, um, and and do, and do them unilaterally. Okay. Um, so so do so do as many as you can on your left arm. You're right-handed. So your left arm is going to be is typically weaker, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Right. So, yep. so, so do as many reps as you as, as as you as you possibly can after you've got a good warm up on each side. Um, drop it. Uh, you want to shoot for about eight to twelve. Okay. Drop it. Do eight more. Drop it, and then do a twenty one to where you focus on the contraction for the first seven reps, and then do seven more full reps. And then, you know, you probably, so you probably only have like a 25 pound or a 45 pound plate on this thing by the end of it. And then your last seven reps for the 20, for the 21 to, to make up the 21, make that the stretch. So basically you should be time under tension for two minutes straight, just pulling with your left arm. Okay. And then when you're, and then when you're done with that, then really focus on the stretch and just do partial reps from there. Um, so that was about two or three minutes time under tension on my left arm doing that. And then two or three minutes time under tension with my right arm doing that. 
when Robert Sykes and I were training together at Yellowstone Fitness, actually on that exact same machine. Um, that's that's what that that's the way he showed me how to do it. And he said that whenever he had a plateau in his back training, switching from bilateral movements to unilateral movements, he said that got him past his plateau. That was kind of the most confusing thing training with him. Actually, was I was like, why are you doing everything unilaterally? And he goes, especially when it comes to back. It's just one of those muscle groups that, I mean, you and I were talking about this early today, Daniel, like you could make an argument that your, that, that your back is more challenging to grow for the average athlete than your legs. Cause you can see your legs, you can see your shoulders, uh, getting your mind inside your back, man, first of all, you got to be lean enough to be able to see those muscles, which of course you are. And, 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 and sec second of all, you got to know where those muscles tie in and it's different on every single person. And so I, it, it, this is. It, it, it took me it took me years to get to the point to where my lats were actually sore from a good back workout. Um, and it took training with a lot of bodybuilders, um, specifically bodybuilders, to learn how to train my back. Never, nobody in high school ever taught me how to do it. Nobody in college ever taught me how to do it. Um, reading books. Yeah. OK. But until you but until you train with something like breathing over your shoulder and like touching your back and helping you feel where you're supposed to feel that activation. It's just it's, it's just kind of always been a challenge. But yeah, I would suggest taking out weighted pull-ups and sw and switching it with that exercise. And 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 tell me if and tell tell me and next week when we check in, which I think will be your last check in, let me know if that did the trick. <laughs> yeah, good deal. I'm looking forward to it. Let's burn those laps out. Yep. All right. Very very good. So, dude, you made uh, a new ice cream recipe lately, right? How did that go? I did. Yeah. After listening to your podcast with Dr. Kiltz, I, um, he mentioned ice cream and, uh, and, and I jumped on his website and found the recipes. So, um, I did a couple different takes of it, uh, and it, it actually turned out really well. Um, the second time, the first time I overcooked the base, which thickened it too much. And it was just like a rock. Um, so if you look at the website, you got the option to uh, just use one whole egg or to use five egg yolks. And so the difference there is if, you, if you're using the whole egg, I assume, um, then you're not cooking the base. And this is how the video is as well. You're not cooking the base uh -huh. and you're going to get more air and so you'll get more of an ice cream consistency and texture um, now if you're doing the yolks um, the way that that i would interpret that is that you're making a custard which means you're cooking the base and as you cook the egg yolks they're going the fat is going to bind to the water and it's going to thicken that up and so you'll have less air in the base mixture and you're going to get a thicker creamier um mixture as long as you don't overcook it which okay. is exactly what I, what i did the first time and that's why it turned out to just be um a rock in, in my refrigerator um but yeah so it's uh you know really enjoyed it it did freeze pretty hard and you know if you go to the grocery store and get some of the name brand keto ice creams you take the top off and oftentimes or at least my experience is they've got written on there leave leave it out for five to ten minutes or ten to fifteen minutes and yeah keto um, ice cream is uh, mm -hmm. i've noticed you're right is is usually like pretty hard and you got and you got to leave it out for a little bit but it doesn't like turn into water like normal ice cream does yeah, it's it's hard and it can be chalky mm -hmm. as well. And I think part of that is because uh, artificial sweeteners freeze differently than sugar. So whenever I made Dr. Kiltz's ice cream, uh, his recipe just calls for sugar, not a lot of it. Right. And I substituted that out for straight granular stevia. And so it did freeze well, so, pretty so so it was actual 100% stevia because mo most most stevia products that I'm aware of are like a small amount stevia, but actually primarily erythritol. Yeah, I'd have to check, but I, I think it's stevia. Um, okay. 100%, 100%, but I'm not, uh, speaking of 100%, I'm not 100% on that. So I would have to go look at the, <laughs> uh, the actual product. Um, but it, even erythritol, I mean, it did freeze pretty, pretty hard, um, but I let it sit out 
Um, if you're impatient, you can actually give it a 15, 20 second burst in the microwave. And uh, yeah, it, it came right in. Uh, it, his is 100% heavy cream. And so it had just a real uh, nice texture to it, a good mouthfeel, good scoopability. Cool. Um, and, and besides the so, sweetener, yeah. correct me if I'm wrong, I haven't, I haven't made this particular recipe before, which is half, this, this, that's like basically the entire reason why I wanted to record this conversation too. Cause I'm like, man, like, okay, I'm a strict lion, dude. It's like every, mm -hmm. you know, well, I mean, pretty, pretty strict right now, but after, after the seven week, week strict, I've loosened up a little bit, but like really not a whole lot. And so it's uh, for, for, for me, it's great. I don't have to think about it. Don't have to make decisions around it. But I mean, I, I've, I've, I've kind of learned that I seem to be the exception of the rule. Most most people, it's like, yeah, you get on the carnivore diet and stay on it, great. Like your health markers go up, you start looking better, feeling better. I mean, everything. It's a fountain of youth. I know that. You know that. But to make it uh, to to make it sustainable and to make it fun and to make it interesting and to be able to go out and be and and to, and to be able to make decisions on what to eat and what and what not to eat and and to uh, to have some more variety to it. I think that some people um, really enjoy that and and, and, and and it helps them stick to it. So um, this is a this 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 is this is a a pretty carnivorous recipe other than the sweeteners, right? Yeah, so it's um and I'm I'm trying to remember it. Uh so but folks can go to the website and find it, but it's really simple. It was just heavy cream, egg, salt, sugar, and a vanilla bean. And I actually substituted in vanilla extract mm -hmm. um because vanilla beans are really expensive. No, oh. <laughs> good call. Yeah. They can, they can, they can get you know, like I've seen them five, seven dollars even, and for one, one, uh, uh, four serving of uh, of ice cream, seven dollar vanilla bean is a <laughs> it's a hefty price to pay. So yeah, right on. Okay, so you are a competitive barbecuer, meaning like you, uh, like like you see how your food does against other people's. I mean, like, obviously I've never been, been, been to an event like this. So tell me like, what, what is, what is, what is that like? Yeah. Well, first of all, if you're ever down in Texas, we'll have to get you out to a, a barbecue competition, but it's, uh, you know, there are a number of different, you don't gotta, you don't gotta tell me twice on that. <laughs> oh yeah. Anytime, man. But there are a number of, of different, um, organizations that put on, competitions and and so it, it's a little bit variable depending on which one is the sanctioning organization but they're mostly the same and okay, so you're, like you're building so far yeah yeah you're you're cooking three or four proteins it's um you know a, a brisket spare ribs maybe a pork shoulder again depending on the the organization and then a chicken um, and some of them will allow chicken parts, so like chicken thighs, um, uh, half chicken. Some some may uh, stipulate that uh, you have to have a whole chicken. So you know, but those, those that's what you're cooking, and you have turn-in times throughout the day, you know, an hour to an hour and a half apart, and you cook your meats and you turn them in, and the judges then. Uh, look, at, they they evaluate typically based on appearance first. So how does it look, and, and then your texture and your taste. And so you uh, pass it around. You put them in little food um, to go food containers. I, I, I like how health isn't one of the markers on there. <laughs> like, not, no. like there, there's there's not like a okay um, who who can make this recipe the healthiest? No, that doesn't exist in these competitions. Got it. <laughs> That's but that is not a criteria. That's, that's interesting. That uh, but so so they put how it looks over how it tastes, huh? So you could have the best tasting ribs, but if it doesn't look as good as Bart's, then he gets first place. Uh, no, the I I was um giving those judging criteria in uh in no particular order. Oh, okay, okay, um, okay, got it. I'm not a hundred percent sure on the algorithms, but I think that the appearance score is rated the lowest out of the three. You know, it goes goes back to the to the old saying, right? We eat with our eyes first, and so um, you know, you could argue that uh, why why um, cook something fancy at all, or why plate it up nice? Well, we eat with our eyes first. It's a whole experience, so they take that into account.
favorite recipe to cook. Like some, some, something that anybody could list, something that anybody listening could go, hmm, yeah, I could do that. I got a barbecue. Favorite barbecue recipe for me to cook is spare ribs. Now, I, I don't know that that meets the criteria of, uh, of anybody with a barbecue could do it right first time. But I do think that out of the, the meats, that one seems to be one that with a little bit of research and maybe asking your buddy who has done it a couple times before, um, I've been able to coach some people from, uh, you know, not, not having any experience at all to making, to being the hero of their block party, right. With their, with their spare rib recipe. And so that's my favorite to, to cook. And then also, I think that it's very approachable. Um, and delicious, right? Uh, something like a brisket, uh, that's got a little more difficulty, a little more challenge in it. Um, I find that you have to adjust on the fly a I little more with a brisket. brisket. You, yeah, yeah. Brisket is kind of one of those things where you can't just be an idiot and throw it on like a burger. Like you, you kind of have to know what you're doing. Yeah. And, and then the other drawback is the cost, right? Like if you, if you go nuke, For sure. um, if you go nuke a $50 brisket, it hurts a lot more than a $7 rack of spare ribs. So. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad that you brought up spare ribs too, for a couple of reasons. First of all, because uh, macros, right? What does Dr. Kiltz always say? Eat the fat, eat the fat, eat the fat. Skinny is deadly, right? And so we've been brainwashed our entire lives thinking that lean meats are what we need to be eating and that we need, and that we need to avoid fatty meats. And that is just, there, there's, there's no science that supports that. Absolutely none whatsoever. Um, especially as, as an athlete too, we should be looking for fats even more than someone that's sedentary, right? Which is like pretty much everybody that I train is, is athletes. So, um, spare, so spare ribs, that's something that, yeah, I've, re I've, rec I've always recommended that. Like if you see ribs at the store, just get them and I'll put them in your meal plan because first of all, it's, they're, they're cheap. Um, you, you have a way better, uh, way easier time getting into ketosis if you're looking for ketogenic macros with it. And then you got all the bones left over. And my rule of thumb with everybody, you know, this is if you eat anything that has bones in it, I don't care what it is. You save them all you get. It's super easy to do. Save all, save, save all your bones, put them all in a, um, a gallon size Ziploc bag. And then once it's, and then once it's full and, and you keep throwing, keep throwing them in the freezer. And then once it's full, you know, and like, like everything, I don't care if it's lamb ribs, pork ribs, just anything, just throw it, just throw all your bones in it. Um, and then you put them in a crock pot, just fill it up with water, throw some salt in it, and then put it on slow for 24 hours. And bam, 24 hours later, you got some great home, homemade bone broth. Hmm. I, I've never tried that with uh, with pork ribs. So that's interesting. I certainly, um, there's there are certainly a lot of bones left over by the time we're finished. So you cook two, three, four racks and yeah, you've, got, you've got a whole pile of bones there. I'm sure. Daniel Schroyer's third favorite recipe, your go-to. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, you know, let, let me give you an interesting one. I, I don't know that this is a favorite or a go-to, but maybe something you just uh, uh, think about. And that is, you know, it can be fun to experiment if you're in the kind of keto carnivore space with egg whites. Um so I went, I went through a phase where I was taking online baking classes and I learned how to make meringues, which are uh, little cookies made of egg white. And they're only uh, like two, three, if, if you use the, the um, cream of tartar to uh, stabilize, but they're like two or three ingredients. And one of them's egg whites, one is sugar, and then maybe a stabilizer. And so with pretty little effort, right? Just take the sugar and substitute it out for artificial sweetener or nothing, um, or dump like one of those uh, electrolyte packets in there, something granular, and uh, you bake it at a low temperature. And they're they're really neat. They come out to be just these little these little cookies. You make a whole mess of them. Uh, they're practically a hundred percent protein. There are some carbs and in, in egg whites, but. Um, they're, they're practically 100% protein. So if you're doing like a, a protein very modified fast, they're, they're uh, a good little snack. And then also you can top things with them. So if you're making some other dish, you know, throwing some like meringues on them or um, crumbling them into uh, 
uh, yogurt. We're getting a little bit far afield from carnivore here. We're like crumbling them into yogurt. You can kind of make like a, a pseudo eaten mess style cheesecake. And so, um, yeah, it's a fun little versatile thing to experiment with. I think people, uh, or, okay, let me talk for myself. I was pretty intimidated whenever I first heard meringue. I thought, how, how is this going to work? I'm not going to ever be able to do this, but that is not at all the case. I was able to do it and they're fun. Yeah. Impress your friends and family. <laughs> Absolutely. That sounds so delicious. And it sounds like it might even be like, I don't know, five or 10% more delicious. If you took a chocolate malt keto brick and heated that up and melted it in a saucepan and just kind of like poured that over top. Well, no, that'd be interesting. A keto brick coated meringue. Yeah. 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 You know, I wonder. Yeah, I just wonder, and I may go do this later, but I wonder if the keto, if the hot keto brick would melt the meringue because it's egg white that's had air whipped into it. But I, I don't know. Check with Taylor. That'll be an experiment. That. Yeah, she's because Taylor does all kinds of stuff with keto bricks. Man, we got um, she. She's got um, she. We 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 have we have a bunch of little um, uh, ice trays with like different shapes yeah. and stuff in them, you know. And so because like our kids are learning shapes, and so like oh this oh can, can I can I have the heart shape one? It's like they're more concerned about the shape of their food than they are the flavor of their food. So I don't know, man. Maybe they'd make good barbecue judges. You know, because, oh, yeah. that would look get that bad. appearance score. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, uh, Taylor's Taylor's pretty in, uh, pretty innovative with with the keto brick recipes. But uh, see here again, that's that's why that's why I, I gotta have people like you and people like her on my social media because uh, when it comes to keto bricks, it's just like I just open it, and, open it and eat it, and move on with my day. <laughs> it's like anything, any anything different to do with it. It's like I don't know, man. It's just another, it's just another way of eating a keto brick. I just love eating the brick. <laughs> they they are pretty delicious. So yeah. I, I I can. Uh, I can get behind just opening up a, a brick and chowing down for sure. Yeah. Favorite flavor. I'm usually a, a big peanut butter fan. And so um, I, I haven't had one. I can't remember the last time I had one of their chocolate peanut butter. I think that's a flavor. Um, and then they had just straight peanut butter, uh, but probably one of those, although I'm looking forward to, some of the the new ones that that they might be coming out with so um yeah but but usually i'm a, a pretty big peanut butter fan and that goes both for i suppose keto bricks as well as as ice cream i like i like a good peanut butter cup ice cream so i might have to um experiment around with the uh with dr kiltz's recipe and see how i can work some some peanut butter into that one we believe in supersetting your life right not not just mm. your physique, not just your health, but your life should be better because of what you do in the gym and what you eat. Your life shouldn't revolve around what you do in the gym and what you should eat. Um, that being said, we also happen to share the same faith, which is just another blessing. So uh, have you found that the habits that you've been uh, very diligently executing over the last over the last three months and the habits that you've developed around your uh, your, your eating habits, has that carried over? Has that transitioned? Yeah, that's that's a good question. And, you know, the first thing I haven't thought about this. And, and so the first thing that jumps to my mind, uh, Colt, is is the relationship, um, which uh, and, and I, I'll get to the, the nutrition and, and the exercise as well. But, um, you know, we're made for relationship. And yeah. so the time that we spent checking in and chatting and um, kicking around just a lot of different topics uh, has absolutely uh, enriched my life. And, and we've uh, unified around some things that we're both interested in, uh, but that's, that's been really cool. And maybe that's something that, you know, you think, okay, I'm going to come to some online coaching and, and I don't know if, if I would have expected that, but that's certainly been, been the case. And that's, that's been uh, huge, you know? Um, and, and so it's something that I've, I've just really enjoyed, you know, getting to know you and, and uh, the, the team and, and Taylor and uh, yeah. So that's, that's kind of one. Um, when I think about nutrition strategies uh, at the beginning, we started out with uh, a cut and it wasn't a super aggressive cut because I wanted to focus more on bulking. Um, but, but we did start with 
cut. And so some of those strategies, um, you know, we talked uh, before about, about life being a gift and kind of being present and that mind muscle connection. Well, apply those to nutrition, at least I applied those to nutrition as well. Just being present mm -hmm. with my, with my eating, um, trying to really tune in to my hunger signals, um, trying to keep a healthy relationship with food, uh, even while you know, having specific macronutrient goals that I was, I was aiming for. And so, you know, that's been one, one area that I think crosses, uh, different spheres of, of my life. Um, uh, you know, whenever I'm praying, uh, checking in, making sure that I'm not, uh, going through the motions, but being present and being open, mm -hmm. um, and then also we talked about mind muscle connection in the gym, right? Uh, are you just uh, get, getting on the, the pull down machine and yanking, uh, yanking the weight down, or are you really feeling the muscle that you're trying to work connecting to it? And, you know, with that, with that end goal. And, and so I think that's a way that it spans through multiple spheres of. Absolutely. First Corinthians 6, 19 and 20 says, do you not know that your body is a sanctuary of the Holy Spirit whom you have from God? You are not your own for you are bought at a price. Therefore glorify God in your body. So does the understanding that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit affect how you eat and how you train every day? Yeah, I, I think for, for me, it does. And um, I, I want to, be careful here because I know that people have different experiences. Um, so I'm, I'm talking for myself, but for, for me, it does affect how I um, nourish myself, mm -hmm. how I, uh, how I train. It has a big effect on how I feel. And so my capacity to um, do my work in my job, um, to serve at church, to be present with my friends and family. Um, it, it's, it's all integrated in as well with, um, with the physical, uh, there's, there's no division. Um, I'm, I'm one whole person. And so, uh, approaching it, um, you know, having some aesthetic goals, but then also knowing that the way that I treat my body will uh, bleed over into all areas of my life. So definitely. Beautiful. Um, you were talking about satiety signals earlier. That's a mm -hmm. real, that's a real ambiguous topic. It's hard to explain to some, yeah. to some but especially if, if, if you're, if, you're, if, um, especially, uh, let me put it this way. Whenever I was eating five meals a day, and if there are carbs and if there and if there are processed foods in there, I could never tell if I was hungry or if I was stressed. Um, how do you determine the difference between whether you're actually hungry and there's and 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 you and you should eat for health reasons, or are you just stressed and look and, and looking for something because it's uh, it's it's more of an impulse? Yeah, I, I try to take a mindful pause um, and, and check in, um, with, with my body, like just dropping in to my body, um, to sense what's going on. And I, I think there's no real trick to it that I use, and I'm not claiming to be great at it. It's trial and error. Sometimes, um, I, I may get it wrong. I can usually tell whenever I'm really hungry, because I'll start to have physical symptoms, like maybe I'll get a little lightheaded or I'll mm -hmm. start to feel it in my stomach. Um, certainly if I've eaten too much, I can also have physical symptoms. But when, when I'm in that middle range, it can be difficult. Uh, and But really just taking a moment, being free from distraction and then yeah. feeling into it. It's that's, tough. It's tough to do. It, it's tough to do if you're in a sympathetic state, huh? Like for like for us, like if we got right. if, there's, if there's a lot of noise, if like kids are yelling and stuff, it's like we're, uh, you know, T Taylor and I are like, what, whatever. We'll we'll, we'll eat later, like when the kids are <laughs> quieter, like when we're not in the meeting or something. 
but uh, I, th I think, yeah, personally, I think I think it's very uh, important to be in a, a parasympathetic state before eating, um, for, for mindful eating, because other, because if not, then you're just, yeah, you, yeah, you, you have you have no you have no idea when where 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 your stopping point is. Um, right, and and again, we're outside of my area of expertise, but I have heard that um, being in that relaxed parasympathetic state does actually have an impact on how your body digests and processes. Mm -hmm the food. So eating while you're stressed, um, I guess your body would do something different with, with that nutrition than it would if you were, um, relaxed. So, totally. uh, for what it's worth. Yeah. And if we're going to be technical, then it's, 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 it's the, it's the, it's the cortisol that's high if you're in a sympathetic state. Right. And so then that's when you're more, more likely to store the food as body fat. So sure. I find that my sleep also has a pretty big impact on my hunger and society signals. You know, if I didn't sleep well and I'm just dead tired, uh, I, I find myself wanting to reach for those more, um, uh, like processed type foods. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and it, it's a, it's a little more difficult to, um, kind of subordinate those, those urges in the name of, of a higher goal there. So, yeah. um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, whenever, whenever, whenever I'm kind of curious, a good, a good rule of thumb personally has just been, okay, let's just wait 10 more minutes. Okay. I think, I think, I think yeah. I'm hungry. can't tell if I'm actually hungry from stress. And then 10 minutes later, like if I forget that I was hungry, then I'm like, okay, I was, I was just stressed. I didn't need, I, did, I didn't need food. I need this. I, I need to just, just step outside and get my feet in the ground and just take a couple deep breaths. And now I'm good for the next couple hours, you know? Yeah, um, absolutely. Half, and hour, half hour later, if you're still hungry, yeah, okay, have have have, have some food. <laughs> yeah, and and I've I've done uh, you know I've been at the office and and working and not able to get back to um, you know my my meal that I prepared and have ended up uh, you know doing some not planned but uh, but accidental 24 or 26 hour fasts and those have been okay. Um, and then sometimes I, you know, I, I know that I'm not maybe, you know, intuitively hungry, but I look at the clock and I say, well, you know, I've got uh, five hours of meetings coming up here. And at some point in time, I'm going to want food. And, and do I want to be <laughs> sitting in hour three of those meetings and thinking about, can I get a keto brick in here? Um, or do I want to just eat? You know, and so sometimes, yeah, I'll just eat because it's practical, right? And and that's okay, I think, too. For sure. Good stuff, man. Um, try to think. Oh, yeah. Have you noticed your ability to determine whether you're hungry or whether you're stressed and to be able to respond uh, according, uh, to be able to identify and respond accordingly and appropriately to your satiety signals? Have you found that skill set to have improved over the last couple of months? Yeah, absolutely. I have. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, kind of talking about a, a little bit to our, our previous conversation, um, I've been trying to focus as well on preparing meals. Uh, so thinking through not just compartmentalizing and saying like, okay, I've got to put a protein and I've got to put a fat on there. But thinking, how can I make this an experience? How can I make this a meal? You know, how can I plate it so that it's appealing to me and so that I enjoy the experience? And and so all of that goes together for me in just my overall enjoyment of of uh, of the food. And food's a, a big part of life, right? And so um, I, I find that's been helpful for me. All right, we've been talking about so many good recipes. Can I share one with you now? <laughs> Absolutely. Great. So this is this is perfect for anybody that's on a budget. And I would actually like to know of your cheapest, uh, cheap, your, your your favorite recipe that's just cheap for someone that's on a budget. Like, what's the best recipe for someone that's on a budget? We probably already tackled that one with the spare ribs. I think that was a great answer to that. Um, but I'm just being completely honest right now. I'm on a budget right now, right? Um, my whole my whole whole goal right now is to spend as little money on groceries as possible, which is hilarious because. Uh, here, here I am now. It's been three or four months of consuming probably an average of four or five ingredients by the end of the day total. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. And so that's, I've, I've found it to be great for digestion. I found it to be great for sleep. I, I've just, I, I love, I, I love having high energy throughout the day. Intermittent fasting is like the easiest thing ever now, just like never hungry. Um, but here, here's, here's the latest recipe that I came up with. Okay. So, you know, that I shot a deer a couple months ago and yeah. I think, I think we're about half, I think we're about halfway, halfway through that. So that's, you know, free minus the tag. Right. <laughs> and the, um, I got, 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 got him with a, with a two, with a two twenty three. So like not big game or anything, but that's what I had to shoot with <laughs> and did the job. Um, so venison burgers, venison. I love the taste of venison. Do you like the taste of venison? I find most people do compared to beef. I do. Yeah. It's a, it's a leaner meat. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I do like venison. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's right. And that's what everybody says. I it's, it tastes good, but it's, it's, it's too lean. Right. So if you had a choice, like anybody's going to pick a Wagyu burger or something that has more fat to it. So uh, I stopped eating bacon a while ago. I stopped eating pork. I stopped eating pretty much all meat sources besides red meat, especially after doing the lion diet, because now I just, I, I've just not, cause not, now I, now I realize how much better I feel when I'm eating red meat in comparison to meat from other animals. But that's another, but that's a topic for another day. So been eating primarily red meat. Um, and ta- but Taylor's a fan of bacon and the kids are, fa- are, are, are fans of bacon and they, they eat, they eat it regularly. Uh, and so they save all the fat <laughs> and then I just mix it with the, I just mix it with the venison. So right away, man, that's actually like, it, it, it holds together good. All it needs is a little bit of salt. I didn't need any eggs or anything to blend together. It was, they were holding together. Great. Um, and so then from there, it's, 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 it's just a matter of throwing in, um, extra fat where I can. So I'm a big fan of bone broth, right? We make, we make bone, bone broth regularly. It helps me with my recovery. It, 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 um, it gives me some electrolytes that I just think that I'm not really getting um, as much as I really could be from from animal tissues. So that so that helps with my recovery there. Um, but the fatty piece, but the uh, the fatty chunks of meat that are around the that that are around the knuckle bones of a cow or a deer. Um, that is, wow. If I had to pick a favorite fat source, a favorite animal based fat source, that might be it. It is great. It is like candy, especially with a bunch of salt on it. And so. That and then mixing it with like the pieces of the pieces of fat that um, that like my kids aren't going to eat off of their steak or that my wife even, you know, it's like so so some people just have a hard time eating that much animal fat. And like, I, I'm not one of those people. I love it, man. It's like candy, like I said, but uh, basically mixed all of that together. And yeah, they're venison burgers that taste like bacon. <laughs> but then they got um, all, all the all the health benefits that I was looking for from the um uh, from the bone broth too, and from and from the collagen and everything. So yeah, I got. Um, I mean, basically, like my 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 fridge is 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 stacked with it right now. So I got three or four days worth of just of just burgers, and I'm weighing out about two and a half pounds of that a day. That plus a keto brick, that's landing me around an average of about two hundred and twenty to two hundred and fifty grams of protein, which is perfect for lean bulking. So yeah, sounds like you got it dialed in there. Yeah, and. Um, you know, it's it's funny. I, I don't know if this is the same where you are, but w- where I am, the the leaner meats tend to actually be more expensive. Yeah. So oh, if yeah. I were to go out, yeah, if I were to go out and buy 80-20 ground beef versus a 93-7 um, or uh, like a bison or um, something like that, uh, it, it's going to have... Um, mostly protein right the leaner meats are mostly protein less fat mm-hmm. um and more money yeah whereas the the 80 20 is uh, you know the the better budget option um yeah. if if you're on like a carnivore diet uh you know and it's not lion diet but another um one to consider would be chicken thighs right they've got a pretty good sure. uh, macro ratio they've got a decent fat, decent protein, and um, they're typically cheaper than uh, like, at least again, where I am, uh, than like a chicken breast, which is a protein bomb, right? Uh, So that's, uh, those are a couple, you know, when I'm thinking of budget options and you can make chicken thighs, especially on the smoker, you can make chicken thighs really delicious. Um, So uh, I think that yeah, yeah I would they know because I did chicken thighs on the smoker every single day for the for for the last two months of my last competition prep. I'm sorry, did I wow. not do that? 
No, I don't think we've talked about that. No, that's yeah, fantastic. Yeah, yeah I ha- so so I, so we have we have we have a new bodybuilder that just signed up with us last week in Brazil. His name's Fabio, and I have him doing the same okay. thing that I did because 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 I was on it. I was I was on a crazy budget when I was when I was doing those shows, right? Like you do bodybuilding shows, especially if you do a bunch of them back to back, you go broke really really quick. <laughs> unless, yeah. unless they have sponsors, yeah. like I, I wouldn't have been able to do this, the shows without sponsors. So, um, but, sure. but yeah, but yeah, the, la- the last two months it was, it was it was great because chicken thighs are are, are dirt cheap. That, that you, you got you got bones, and so there you go. You, you got you got your bone broth solution there. Um, and then from there, either either bacon or pork belly. Just pick your favorite one, and so then you eat. They basically think of chicken thighs as your as your primary protein source, even though they have a lot of fat. And then think mm-hmm. of think of bacon, or better yet, even pork belly, which is a less refined version of bacon. Basically, is you know what what it is before it becomes bacon. And mm-hmm. so, and so that is primarily fat with a little bit of protein. And so, if you're tracking your macros, and I'm just trying to stick with the same foods, that's a very very cheap, very effective way to do it. Yeah, thanks for bringing that. Sure, forward. sure. Yeah. Now, how did you do the pork belly? Oh, uh, it depends. It depends. It depends on the day, really. And so we would just get the bi- we would just get the big sheets that like uh, from Costco that you actually like have to mm-hmm. chop up. You know, uh, right. probably, I don't know. It's probably like where the Asian restaurants get it. And so um, anyway, we so we would get this big chunk of of pork belly, and uh, I can't remember exactly how much I, how how much I was using because it's been it's been forever. I've just been like pretty much red meat ever since. But um, but I, I would I would put it in the air fryer sometimes and like put oh, okay. um, you know, like 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 a brick, like basically like the size of a keto brick, stick it in mm-hmm. the air fryer and put uh, put salt around the edges. So then mm. what you get is a is, is a very, very crispy um, <laughs> like pork belly with a, with with a, with a texture that is just killer, man. Like I mean, it, it tastes like it's deep fried. It is so freaking good. And then put like a little bit of sour cream on top of it. Oh my god, dude! Yeah, <laughs> sound that that's sounds probably, that's good. Probably yeah, my favorite way to do it. Other than that, you can just like cook it ba- as bacon and think of it like bacon. That's the easiest way to do it. Uh, if you're gonna put it on the smoker, you better know what you're doing because I tried that once or twice and actually I caught it on fire. <laughs> Did I ever tell you that? Wow. <laughs> yeah, man. I no. told you. Yeah, we had to call the cops and everything, dude, because it was a gas fire and so like it would not go out, man. I was. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Um, I don't think, I don't think we could find our fire extinguisher at the time. Like, I don't know why we didn't use our fire extinguisher. That's what we should have done. But yeah, man, it was like, it was like nine o'clock at night after the, after the end of a hard work day. And I'm just like freaking trying to cook my dinner. And then we, and then we had this, this blow up in front of us. So yeah, firemen came and everything. I was like, sorry, man, I'm an idiot. I let my smoker on fire. I didn't know that would happen. (laughs) Yeah. And I, I, uh, always have a fire extinguisher handy when, when I cook. And um, you also have to make sure that you're keeping your smoker clean right? because the, the ash will build up in the bottom and maybe like some bits oh, on combusted yeah. wood and, and the grease strips down and gets in it. And then, yeah, you can get a grease layer there that uh, that's a that's a bad day for sure. Yeah. Um, I've I've also had some good success, uh, like cubing, like little one inch cubes for the pork belly. And, uh, you know, cause you can get smoke that way around the whole, the whole part of it. And, um, you get that caramelization effect on a bigger surface area versus if you cook it as a brick or like a whole sheet, um, it'll just be on the outside and you'll miss the inside, which isn't necessarily bad. It's just different. Yeah, for sure. Uh, what do you season them with? Yeah, it, it depends. Um, you know, I'm a... I'm a Texas barbecue fan. So for me, salt and pepper is king. Um, yeah. You know, sometimes you might see some seasoned salt, like a, like a, like a Lowry's or, uh, or I'll throw like a little paprika in there. Um, but honestly, there are so many really high quality, good uh, barbecue rubs that you can get. Um, and with pork, I find that the sweeter rubs tend to do better. Yeah, um, yeah. So, I, I was just yeah. I was just gonna say uh Chinese five spice. You you can can can, can never go can never go wrong with it, at least in my opinion. That's coming from a guy that like never uses seasonings too. Um yeah, I'm 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 just basically salt and not not even the pepper. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've got meat. I've got a, a whole pantry full of seasonings. Um the other thing is you can cook uh you can smoke the meat and you can generally do this with with any protein, really, you can smoke it so that it gets that smoke flavor, 
And then after a time, you're just cooking it. And you can take it off your smoker if you'd like and, and wrap it up like in a pan or in some foil with some sort of liquid. Um, in competition, it's, it's very typical to use apple juice for pork and um, you braise it. And so mm. that's going to really break down those last stubborn bits of, uh, of intermuscular fat and just make a, a bite through rib or just a really tender um, pork belly bite. I've done some um, like watermelon flavored pork belly that turned out really well. So yeah, experiment with flavor. Yeah, I was gonna say uh, a- a- apples with pork. That's just like a match made in heaven, right? It's like if you're if, if you're if you're if you're doing pork chops uh, in in a skillet, onions and apples. That's and cinnamon. Yeah, rosemary. rosemary. Oh. Add that in too. <laughs> yeah, por- pork chop. Um, for me, at least when I cook them, it's all about the the sear on the outside. Um, and what that is crusted with because it's that particular cut of meat. I have trouble getting flavor into it unless you inject it. Um, in fact, whenever I do pork or pork uh, shoulders, I almost always inject, even if I'm not cooking competition, just, just for myself, I'll, uh, I'll inject that to get just a little more flavor in that yeah. piece of meat. Hopefully nobody's jumping in just now and hearing you saying, yeah, before and after a competition, here's what I inject. Well, they might, they might, <laughs> this is a bodybuilding show, so let's just remember what audience we're talking to. <laughs> I didn't think about that. That's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I just I just got I just got out of the gym talking to bodybuilders. There we go. Well, cool, brother. You're going to uh, hey, man, I. Thank you so much for your time on our show, dude. I've, I've, I've been, I've, I've been, I've been looking forward to this one a while. And so thanks, thank, thanks for, th- thanks, th- thanks for crushing the programs, man. Thanks for everything that I, that I've learned from you for, for, be, for being a part of the team, man. Um, it's been, it's, it's, it's been great every single minute of it. Thanks so much everyone for joining us. If you found this helpful, please pay it forward by sharing with a friend. One more thing before we sign off. If you're not subscribed to our nutrition podcast, Carnivore Coaches Corner, you're really missing out. They're coming up on close to a year now of recording every single week, and they haven't missed a week yet, and they don't plan on slowing down anytime soon. Colt and Mark collaborate weekly, diving deep into meat-based nutrition and advanced hypertrophy training, featuring top coaches and nutritionists from across the globe. If you're of the fan of the low-carb lifestyle or just getting into it, search Carnivore Coaches Corner on the same platform you're listening to now. Thanks again one more time. We'll catch you on Monday on episode 112 where we'll get you pumped up for next week. I'm going to leave you here with our battle cry at supersetyourlife.com, which is 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20. Do you not know that your body is a sanctuary of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you are purchased at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. Thanks again, everybody. Merry Christmas, and we'll catch you on our next episode. Have a good one.